Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and they will include today Michael Wilbon. Legendary Voices Week Part 2 begins with my buddy Wilbon from Northwestern. And Kimberly Martin will jump in here in 15 minutes, our NFL insider extraordinaire, with all the latest as we kick off a week that could reshape the entire sport. The list is about rivalries. The hashtag crew is involved. It's the most important week of the football year. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. Now it's Dame time. Will he try the half-court winner? Dame just inside a half for the win. Yes! Team LeBron wins it. Game time in Atlanta. And that's how it ended last night. Damian Lillard on a night where the most exciting things that happened in the All-Star game were these guys launching up these long shots. Lillard hitting a shot that had to be about 40-something feet to end the game last night because winner at 170 in the All-Star game. And you had Steph Curry taking shots from half court and you had uh, Damian Lillard taking shots from half court. And in the end, you had Team LeBron beating Team KD 170 to 150 in the All-Star game. That was the call right here on ESPN Radio. And let me give you right off the bat, right off the bat, let me give you Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. First Take just went on the air on ESPN television and they're one of the most popular shows we have and those guys are great friends of mine. And every day when I've got about 15 minutes left in Get Up, I do a little promotion for what they're going to argue about and talk about off the top of First Take. And today, apparently their top topic was going to be, should they have played the All-Star game last night? That is what they are debating on First Take. Let me answer that question for you right now. Hell yes, they should have played the All-Star game last night. And the ridiculousness of the argument against that just boggles my mind. You know, sometimes in life, you have to straddle the line between your fandom and just common sense, logic, rational thought. I don't care what the ratings were last night. I don't care how interested or uninterested you were. I don't care if more people wanted to watch Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I don't care about any of that. This is a business And one of the things that I find altogether too often fans do, and look, maybe I'm guilty of it. I don't know. Maybe I certainly was before I started working in this industry, but now that's that's what this is. I've been doing this 30 years. This is a business. Stop asking the commissioner of your favorite sport to act like he's in charge of your favorite hobby. This is a hobby for you. It's a distraction for you. It's a multi-billion dollar corporation to them. You wanted them not to play the All-Star game? And and so Turner should just say, okay, well, I get it. Players are tired. Fans aren't quite as interested as they normally are. It's not the usual time we'll do this. No worries. We're all good here. What are we talking about? Is that the way the world works? Not in sports, not anywhere. So, of course, they should have played the All-Star game last night. And you have the delightful option to choose to either watch it or not. If you weren't interested in it, I got great news for you. No one was making you watch it. If you wanted to see Harry and Meghan sitting down with Oprah in in Montecito, California, that's obviously your uh, preference. When I woke up this morning, the number one trending topic on Twitter was the All-Star Game, and number two was Harry and Meghan. And, and I've got all these people who just live to take shots at the NBA sending me notes saying, you know, everyone was watching the— uh, Fine. People can watch whatever they want. Just because you're not interested in something doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. This, this is not a hobby. It's your hobby. It's a business to them. 
And I'm just tired of people acting like they don't realize that. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Uh, by the way, Blake Griffin to the Nets. I assume you saw that yesterday. That is the, the consequential news. Griffin and the Pistons, uh, you know, worked out a buyout and all that kind of stuff. And I want to read you a note that I got from Woj on this. Woj sent me this. Blake Griffin had interest from most of the NBA's top teams. After he cleared waivers, um, he had $56 million left on his deal with the Pistons. The Nets view Griffin as a small ball center alternative off the bench. Brooklyn has solidified itself as a championship contender with the addition of Harden to a roster that includes KD and Kyrie Irving, and that's what you should expect Blake Griffin to be. Here's Mark Jackson with further thoughts. We don't know what Blake Griffin we're getting. The Blake Griffin that has played for the Detroit Pistons this year is not the one that we've become accustomed to watching fly through the air and, and make plays. But the one thing that he does do and still has is his high IQ for the game of basketball, his ability to pass and make plays. He knows how to play. So I think he'll make them better, which is crazy to say. How much better will be uh, determined on how much he has left in the tank. Well, let's just make 100% clear that you understand who they're not getting. There have been 332 players that have recorded at least one dunk in the NBA this season. Blake Griffin is not one of them. He has not dunked in a game since 2019. You haven't been paying attention because he's been in Detroit. This is not the guy that you remember. He'll play a role. It's a nice ad. Maybe somewhere along the line they wind up winning one playoff game because they got him. But don't start thinking, well, this is Lob City reunited. Don't start thinking, oh, this is unfair now. This is ruined. No, it's not. That's not what this is. This is not KD going to Golden State. This is not the Blake Griffin that you remember. Now, is he able to be a, a significant contributor again? The Woj note. I'll read it to you one more time. The Nets view him as a small ball center alternative off the bench. That's, that's a valuable thing to have. It's not exactly the difference between winning a championship or not. The Nets are the best team in the East by a wide margin, even without him. So does it help? Of course it helps. And somewhere along the line, it'll wind up making a difference. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. By the way, sneaky big news. I just wanted to mention this because I came across this in the notes this morning. And the fact that I hadn't really thought of it suggests to me maybe you hadn't either. This is not really news. It's just because it's not new. It's just something I hadn't put together. I had not crystallized in my mind. Did you know that if the NBA Finals this year go seven games, the season would end on July 22nd? July 22nd. The Olympics start July 23rd. Team USA plays its first game against France on July 25th. So just be prepared for all of that in July. If we, God help us, we hope we do, get ourselves a nice long NBA Finals, you're going to have like three days between Game 7 of the NBA Finals and Team USA's first game in the Olympics. Now, how that will impact everything or anything remains to be seen. But it just felt to me like when I saw that in the notes this morning, I thought I hadn't really thought of that. And if I hadn't, then maybe you hadn't. So there's your, your sneaky big news. If the finals go seven games, the last game would be July 22nd. The Olympics start the following day. Team USA's first basketball game would be three days later. All right, we're just getting rolling today. Coming up, the entire NFL 
is getting reshaped in the next two weeks starting today. We will get to the bottom of the first move that has to happen immediately next with me. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Back with you, Greeny, here presented by Progressive Insurance. Kimberly Martin will join me in just a moment on the Goodyear hotline as we kick off a little stretch of about two weeks that are going to completely reshape the entire National Football League with moves big and small that you need to keep an eye on. And Kimberly will have the insight into all of that. Again, 30 seconds from now after this word from DraftKings, bubble teams are making their final push. Top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. And DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is giving all customers a free shot at up to $100,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is make your picks for who you think will get a ticket into March's biggest tournament. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use my name, Greeny, as the code. You'll get a free shot at a share of $100,000 in total prizes with DraftKings tournament seeding pool. That's promo Greeny, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And with that, we say good morning, Kimberly Martin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Good morning, Greeny. How are you? I am terrific, and, and it is a delight, as always, to catch up here because you know how anxious I am about all this stuff that is on the verge of happening around the sport. And <laughs> we'll work our way to the one that is giving me particular anxiety, but let's start with the one that, that really feels as though it's at the very top. We've been talking about this Dak Prescott situation in Dallas for two years Another of these deadlines comes up tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern franchise tag deadline. Where do we stand and what's going to happen? Well, I think we all have been expecting that they're going to tag him again. You know, the the talk lately has been like, oh, the discussions have been positive and good. You know, this is two years of of both sides talking. And until you see a long-term deal being reached, right, that's when this will finally be put to bed. You know, they can tag them. That gives the Cowboys, you know, until July to work out a long-term deal. The question remains, you know, is, is does Dak want the three-year deal, um, you know, instead of, of the four-year deal? 
is is the money going to are the cowboys willing to pony up and say you know what our bad we totally misplayed this and mishandled this we should have been we should have gotten this done beforehand but now we come in good faith we want you that's what it's going to take and until we get a long-term deal greedy you know, we're going to keep talking about how the Cowboys continue to mess this up, right? Yeah, and and the day that I actually see and hear Jerry Jones acknowledging that he messed this thing up this badly, that's when I'll believe that'll happen. I, I don't have any belief that he'll ever do that. So, Kimberly, let's make sure that everyone understands that, yes, they can tag him and then they can keep trying to make a deal until July. But what happens right. next week is that the, 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 the league year starts and that tag puts them way over the salary cap. So just by tagging him, they're probably going to have to start releasing players. And that's the, you know, when you talk to GMs around the league, like not just the Cowboys, you know, they expect a lot of good and talented players to be released. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week in advance of free agency, right? So the fact that you have the cap is not where people want it to be. You know, we expect the cap to boom in a few years, but right now teams are working with less money. So if you're a team that has put yourself in a position where you haven't solidified the guys that you need with long-term deals yet, um, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. And the Cowboys are in that position because of this Dak Prescott situation and, and the contracts that they've given out. Not to say that certain guys don't deserve to get paid, but the idea that Dak is the one sort of on the island still asking for the long-term deal when we saw how valuable he was at the beginning of last season and how quickly you know, his absence changed the whole, whole roster and the whole team and their performance. It's crazy that Dak is the one still saying, hey, can you pay me what I think I'm worth? It's it's ludicrous, and it is complete mismanagement of the situation, and we've been saying it forever, but it is where we are. Greeny and Kimberly Martin. By the way, that's not the only interesting um, franchise tag thing. We had three of them this morning, Kimberly. Jump in on any of them that, that you that you like. we got the Bucks, the, the world champion Tampa Bay Bucks. They've got um, Shaq Barrett on one side and Chris Godwin on the other. Maybe they franchise one of those and try and make a deal with the other. You've got the Bears with Allen Robinson. Uh, Shefty told us this morning the two sides haven't talked contract in months, but they don't want to lose him. And you have the Lions with Kenny Galladay. And Shefty told us this morning they may choose not to tag him and just let him walk as a free agent, which would be really interesting. Yeah, you know, the Bucks are interesting in that – they're trying to do the Chiefs. They're trying to run it back. They're trying to go back to the Super Bowl. And they've got pretty much everybody would return, right? Just about everybody would return. So the Shaq Barrett-Chris Godwin thing is interesting because what did we talk about throughout the playoffs? The strength of this team. Forget, you know, I understand Grady. Brady, greatest of all time. I get that. But we've spent a lot of time talking about defensive coordinator Todd Bowles and this defense and the linebacking core. And how guys, week in and week out, as they got to the Super Bowl, the strength of the team was the linebacking core and and the front seven. So, to me, I think keeping Barrett, like, that to me is a priority. Not to say that Chris Godwin does not deserve his money, does not deserve to to be with the team. But I think when you look at the strength of this team and what they're trying to do, I think, to me, it's easier to replace a Chris Godwin and that's the thing. There's not enough money to go around for everybody, especially this year, especially with where the cap is. Um, 
I know you said speak, speak on one, but the Chicago Bears and the Allen Robinson thing, from the QB situation up there to to Robinson and both sides not really speak, you know, that to me is troubling. And I know we're hearing, you know, there's buzz like, oh, the Bears need to go all in on a quarterback and Russell Wilson, and are they interested and could they get him? You know, the idea that Allen Robinson is is being wasted in a situation where he's not happy and he's so talented, like any team – that gets him if he does not stay in Chicago, they're going to be so enthused because he's such a good talent. Absolutely. He, he probably, if he does become a free agent, which no one suggests is going to happen, he, I think he'd be the best one on the market. Greeny and Kimberly Martin. Mm-hmm. So, so what should I say then to my wife, who is Chicago born <laughs> and raised, and all of our Chicago friends, because I will tell you right now, let me tell you where the people in Chicago's head is. They already have Russell Wilson. The Bears fans are already like they're they're <laughs> contemplating the jerseys. They're 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 you know renaming their pets. Russell Wilson, like the the people in Chicago are, are con- that I know are convinced. Kimberly, they're getting Russell Wilson. What should we say to them? We should say, Greeny, oh bless your heart. Not because we're gonna we're gonna completely be a wet blanket on their hopes and dreams. But they are true loyal fans, and they are just hoping for some good news. And you cannot fault them for that, because look at what they've had to watch, right? Like, come on. You do feel bad for them, because this is a franchise that passed on taking Deshaun Watson and took Mitch Trubisky. And we've got the Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles. What are we going to do? The idea that Nick Foles is now, you know, hey, don't forget, Nick Foles is still on the roster. Like, that could be an option. Like, what? You know, like, this is a team that's wasted its defense. For several years, the, the window is closing as far as keeping their defensive pieces together also. So if Russell Wilson keeps Bears fans, if it gives them that glimmer of hope, then let them have it because it's it's the front office's fault that, that they're even in this position, that they don't have a sure uh, thing at quarterback. So bless their hearts because, you know, this is the offseason, full of hope and promise and things that what, what may be. So let them, let them, let them live a little bit. Kimberly Martin is with me here on ESPN Radio, and I'll give you some insight into my relationship with Kimberly. Um, the first time I became aware of you was when you became a Jets beat writer, and uh, mm-hmm. anyone who was a Jets beat writer uh, is usually has to be very patient with me because I wind up I, 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 I pepper them with questions and all. And she was she was very willing to just sort of deal with all of my questions and all of my neuroses and all that. And then the next thing you know, she's working with us here at ESPN, and so that is has all been fabulous. And that is my way of setting up the question what are the jets going to do kimberly they've got this they really they have the top of the draft kind of in their hands they're in the power seat right right. yeah so what are they going to do what what is your at this moment if you had to if the draft was tonight what do you believe they would do greenie you know so you know i've had conversations with with people the jets and they have not have not made a decision yet be, but they clearly love where they are. The draft honestly kicks off where the Jets pick at number two, mm-hmm. or if they don't. Um, my, If I were a Jets fan, I would honestly be afraid of them keeping Sam. Only because, not to say that Sam cannot resurrect his career, but I don't know the likelihood of that happening here. Because the minute he falters, I think Mark Sanchez is right. He had said it on ESPN, like, you know, the minute he falters, there's going to be that backlash and people are just going to get on him. I think he needs a, a fresh, fresh scenery to move on. 
what the Jets need to do with a new front office, new head coach, reset the timetable, like get the QB of the future, right? And to, in my mind, is that Zach Wilson. You get Zach Wilson, you got him rookie contract. So you've got time to build around him, to add pieces. The Jets are not, they're not dumb. Like they understand the cupboards are pretty bare, right? Yeah. And the only two guys that are not on the trade deadline, that are not on the trade block would be a Mackay Beckton and a Quinn Williams. Those are the two guys that they would, they likely would not move. They, you know, everything else, you know, they understand the position they're in. So my fear is that for a Jets fan is if we see the Sam Darnold redux, like we are, okay, we're trying to rehabilitate Sam and see what we can do. Um, Cause I think Zach Wilson, I think at least we've seen what Sam has done here. And I think he needs a, a he needs to go somewhere else and, and just reset himself. And I think Robert Sala, you know, Joe Douglas, they need to pick the guy that they want and build around, but they're high, they're high on Sam, but that's me personally. I, I think they need to just, pull the plug and let's start anew. Do you agree? What do you think? I go back and forth on this thing. I I mean, every single day I change my mind. All of my friends are making fun (laughs) of me because I come on the air and and, and I yell and scream they need to do this. And then the next day I yell and scream they need to do the opposite. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just being emotionally honest with you, I I can't make up my mind what the best thing is to do. So we'll see. Anyway, Kimberly with me here on the Goodyear Hotline. Goodyear celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings. Visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. I want to mention that Kimberly is one of the three hosts of the Outstanding Podcast that you can find anywhere that you get your podcast along with Chanae and Charlie. It is called First Take, Her Take. And my understanding is the three of you are doing a takeover on ESPN Radio this afternoon. Do I have that right? We are. You guys will get to see and hear us uh, on Chanae and Golick for a bit. So, yeah, the First Take, Her Take podcast is really the same conversation like you and I are having. You know, what's happening in sports, what's happening in whether it's pop culture, culture, our lives. We talk about it all um, and we're not afraid to touch on different topics. So it's just a different perspective from what you hear from Max or Stephen A or where you and I are talking. So today we'll be on Chanae and Golik. So um, and tomorrow we've got a special interview that we're about to do. So this week's episode is going to be very special for us on First Take, Her Take. So. I implore your listeners to give us a listen. A special interview, but you're not telling me who it is? I will, drumroll please. It is the one and only Robin Roberts. Oh, great. She will join the ladies of First Take Her Take. So we are beyond thrilled that we're going to get to sit down with Robin. I mean, she's the talk best. about Trailblazer, talk about just one of the greatest people ever in our business, um, She's great. Can so I tell I'm you really how excited. Robin Roberts changed my life? I mean, completely changed my <laughs> tell life. Me, tell me, tell so, me, tell so me. So back in the day, so so now I've been at ESPN an awful long time. It's almost 25 years. And I used to, when I first started hosting Mike and Mike, basically, you might remember this, that, that you weren't allowed to say who you were rooting for. Like, no one could go on the air and say you were rooting for right. a team. It was just completely forgotten. And I never did. I wouldn't acknowledge who I was rooting for. And I'm anchoring SportsCenter on a Sunday morning with Robin Roberts. And the Jets had played a playoff game on Saturday night. And I wore a green tie. That was, I, I said nothing of it, but I wore a green tie because, <laughs> you know, just sort of as my own silent represent, you know, sort of rooting for them. Mm-hmm. And Robin, mm-hmm. Robin gives me up on the air. 
She opens it up and she basically says on SportsCenter, this is Mike Greenberg who was wearing a green tie because he's a fan of the Jets. And I honestly think to myself, I'm gonna, this is terrible, I'm going to get in trouble. But that actually began me being willing to talk about be, who I was rooting for on the air, which now everybody does. But at that time, this is 20 mm-hmm. years ago, literally nobody did. Um, and of the many things, and I've, and I've known Robin that long, but of the many things I can tell you about her, she was willing to say, even though I was like, yes, I'm keeping this very quiet. She was like, oh yeah, Greeny here and he's wearing a green tie because he's a Jet fan. That's Robin. <laughs> Robin set you free. Look at that. That's exactly right. That. That's exactly She's the best. You're going to love it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kimberly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will check in. I'll see you uh, either here or on Get Up or someplace soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Danny. That's Kimberly Martin with me here again. They're doing a takeover this afternoon, um, and the podcast is called First Take, Her Take, and you can download it anywhere you get your podcast. All right. Next order of business, the list. It's not firing. Okay. Next order of business is the green. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. Okay. It fired one way or the other. And so this is our signature feature here every single day. Uh, It is my top five, this, that, or the other, as voted on and decided exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. Today is March the 8th, which means today is the anniversary. In fact, it is the 50-year anniversary of the fight of the century Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier the first of their legendary meetings this one at the garden and it is considered I think to be certainly among the small handful of most famous sporting events and significant sporting events in our country's history and so on that anniversary we decided we would do my top five rivalries in individual sports of all time. So this is not going to be Chamberlain and Russell. It is not going to be Magic and Bird. This is top five rivalries in individual sports. Number five. Five is Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. Nadal and Federer. And obviously, look, Djokovic has sort of stepped into the middle of all of this. And, and he may wind up winning more slams than either of the other two. But Federer and Nadal, I think, ushered in this era of men's tennis that is going to be remembered as by far the greatest era in the history of the sport. They've met in 10 slam finals. Nadal has beaten Federer 7 out of 10 in grand slam finals. He's 10 and 4 overall in grand slams against Federer. Nadal has had Federer's number. So, and right now they have won the same number of grand slams. So when we sit here and we want to say Federer is the greatest player in the history of men's tennis and the longevity is a factor, Nadal has had his number. Either way, it has been a rivalry that has defined a sport, and I'll put that at number five. Number four. Four is Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, and I just talked to Vern Lundquist about this last week. The 1994 Olympic Games, if, if you're not old enough to remember what that was about, that, that was one of the biggest... I'm not sure that isn't the most significant Olympic story that I can ever remember outside of the Miracle on Ice. If if you think about the ones that became part of the culture, part of the zeitgeist, I mean, Vern Lundquist was on this show a week ago today talking about how they anchored the CBS Evening News from the arena in Lillehammer when these two were going to skate that night. And you know the story in 1994, Tanya Harding had set it up and she hit her in the knee and all the rest of that. Kerrigan wound up winning the silver medal that year. Tanya Harding finished eighth. But Tanya and Nancy, you can't say one name without the other. It has inspired movies and everything else. So for an entirely different reason, I think it belongs on the list of the greatest rivalries. Number three. Three is Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. In the 1960s, their rivalry defined the sport of golf. 
and ushered in a level of popularity that the sport had never seen before and that it would maintain essentially until Tiger Woods came along, who then elevated it to an entirely different level. But if you look at the 60s, if you look at that period of time, they went through a stretch where out of 12 majors, and in a stretch of 12 majors, between the two of them, they finished first or second 11 times. They won six of them, and were fin- one or the other of them finished in second five of them. They dominated the decade. Over the course of the 60s, they were virtually dead even in wins in a three-year period, which was bookended by Nicholas's first major and Palmer's last. Again, they won six of 12 majors and combined for five runner-up finishes. They are considered to be the great. You can't say one without the other. Nicholas is historically the greater player. Arnold Palmer is maybe the most beloved figure in the history of the sport. They just played his event this past weekend. The, the golf was great, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So Jack versus Arnie. Names that will always be linked is number three on the list of greatest rivalries in individual sports. Number two. Number two is Martina and Chrissy. So so I grew up in the 70s as a fan of tennis. I played tennis. Tennis was my favorite sport, and I was an avid fan of the sport of tennis. Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova, to me, is as good a rivalry as there has ever been. In any sport, in any context, and under any circumstances, you cannot dominate a sport the way these two women did. Over a stretch from 1981 to 1987, one or the other of them won 15 consecutive Grand Slams. One or the other of them won 15 consecutive Grand Slams. They won 22 Slams between them during that six-year stretch. They played each other 80 times over a 16-year stretch. Martina holds the all-time record over Chris Everett, 43-37. Martina won 14-8 in slams, 10-4 in Grand Slam finals. Just think about that. They met in 14 Grand Slam finals. In my childhood, every year, it was Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova. That is the number two rivalry all-time. Number one. Number one has to be Ali Frazier. Because if you, if you consider the context, if you consider where we were as a nation, if you consider how this fight and these fights were about so much more than boxing, so much more than sports. Again, today is the 50th anniversary of the fight of the century, the greatest event in the history of Madison Square Garden, which is the world's most famous arena. And it is, I'm not going to sit here and go into because I could do the rest of the show on it. For those who are not aware why those fights were so culturally significant, but they were. It is the greatest rivalry in the history of the sport. Ali is one of the greatest legends and greatest champions of all time. But you almost can't say his name without saying Frazier. Ali Frazier was that significant and that meaningful. And so for that reason, on the 50th anniversary of their first meeting, we will make that the number one rivalry in the history of individual sports and that is today's green list if you miss anything on the program a reminder that we are a podcast it's called hashtag greenie you can download it anytime you want they take each hour they make them two individual one-hour podcasts anywhere you get your podcast it's called hashtag greenie uh, all right we need your hot takes let's load up the phones here at 888-SAY-ESPN it's 888-729-3776 coming off a weekend filled with sports and heading into a week filled with them I want to hear your hot takes. I'm serving them up hot. The hotter, the better. You get through Bubba, you get live on the air here next. Your hot takes coming up on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. 
Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. The great Michael Wilbon live in 45 minutes. We'll get the hashtag crew hot takes as we continue here. But right now it's time for yours. 888-SAY-ESPN. The game is called What's on Your Mind. It's brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. And what I want on your mind are your hot takes. Coming off a big weekend, heading into a big week. What are your hot takes? If they're interesting enough for Bubba, they're going to be interesting enough to get on the air. Bubba, who is our first caller with a hot take today? Yeah, first up we got Jackson. All right, Jackson, what's your hot take? Hey, Greeny, how are you doing? Great. My hot take is I think Carson Wentz is going to be better in Indianapolis than Andrew Luck ever could have dreamed of being. You think he's going to be better than Andrew Luck ever could have dreamed of being. I'll give you this. It's hot. Tell me why. Why do you believe that, Jackson? Because Andrew Luck never had the – he only had one year with Frank Reich, and the rest of his career he's with Chuck Pagano, who's not known for being a quarterback whisperer. I think that's – listen, Jackson, I like it. I like the take. Here's where I will go with you. I believe it is possible that Wentz will have a level of success, which is to say maybe winning a championship – that Luck never did. If you just line up Luck and Carson Wentz, to me, there's no comparison. Luck is the greater player, and if he were still there right now, I would make them the favorite to win the AFC, inclusive of Kansas City and everybody else. Wentz, to me, is a decided step down from Luck at his best. But I do agree with you. Luck never played with an offensive line that looked like this. They got great defense, they got weapons, and they have a coach that every quarterback is dying to play for. So I get the take, I like it, and most of all, I like the heat. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, next we got Sager. All right, Sager, give me a hot take. Uh, Greeny, man, big fan, uh, 20-year listener. By the way, it's pronounced Sager, not Sager. But Sager. That's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, the hot take is pretty simple. I think that as far as the three big-name quarterbacks, uh, we're essentially done with movement. I think that the Cowboys are going to tag Dak. I think that Deshaun is going to stay in Houston, and they're not going to let him play for a year. Um, you know, player empowerment is one thing, but I feel like the owners are going to kind of show their teeth a little bit, particularly in that city. And I think that Russ and uh, Pete, they, they they work it out. They get the marriage uh, back together, and uh, those three quarterbacks don't move. They'll be the week one starters, or, or at least on the roster, 53-man for each of those three respective teams. Here's what I'll say, Sager. I will agree with you on Seattle, even though all of my wife and all of my Chicago friends are already like ordering Russell Wilson jerseys. Shefty made the most important point on TV this morning. 
There would be a dead cap hit of $39 million for the Seahawks this year in a year in which the cap, the, the salary cap is going to be lower. They would take that kind of dead money hit to trade away their best player. It, it doesn't make sense. I, I do believe when push comes to shove, Wilson will be there one more season. Dak, to me, is 50-50. 50-50 what winds up happening with him. I do not think it is a, a done deal, but maybe it's 51-49 he is their quarterback this year. So I'll go with you on that. Watson is where I completely disagree. I think when it all comes down to it, the Texans will have to trade him. They will recognize there is an, the expression cutting off your nose to spite your face would, would never be more appropriate. You might as well just put a picture of, of, of Cal McNair with no nose and say, this is a man who has cut off his nose to spite his face. Because at the end of the day, Deshaun's not coming back. And he will wait this thing out. And you will tear your own franchise down by doing it instead of building it back up. I'm just making up a scenario here. Trade him to the Jets. Get the second pick in the draft. Everybody loves this kid, Zach Wilson. Get that pick, plus a couple of other picks, and start remaking your team. It's a disaster right now. So that's the one I disagree with you, Sagar. I believe that before the draft, and maybe even on the day of the draft, I believe the Texans will trade Deshaun Watson. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Next, we got Ronald. Ronald, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny, what's up, man? First of all, dude, huge Will Bond fan. Can't wait for the interview, dude. Cool, okay. yeah, he's in 40 Here's minutes. Take. As presently constructed, I don't think the Los Angeles Lakers will make the Western Conference final. Uh, g- g- give me a sense of what you mean by currently constructed. I assume you don't mean without Anthony Davis, because without Anthony Davis, that's a pretty obvious thought. You mean if AD comes back healthy, you believe the Lakers still get knocked out before the Western Conference final? Absolutely. I mean, I think when AD comes back, I think he'll still be somewhat hampered. And looking over the competition in the West, I, I don't see the Lakers making the Western Conference final. Give me the last two standing. Uh, g- give me Ronald. Give me the last two standing in the West if it's not the Lakers. Last two standing. I got the Clippers and the Utah Jazz. Mm. The Suns have been playing well. The Nuggets are playing well. Listen, here's all I can tell you. I like the take. I love the heat. And I, I mean, by that, I mean how hot the take is. I will tell you that the last time I talked to Jalen about this, which was last week, he said if, the, if Anthony Davis comes back healthy, he doesn't believe anyone, including the Nets, play them more than six games. He doesn't think anybody gets to a seventh game with the Lakers. So, Ronald, you and Jalen Rose are on opposite sides of that debate. Let's see. Going to be a very interesting second half. And first things first, AD has to come back healthy. Love the call. Thank you very much for the take. Give me one more, Bubba. What time for one more? Yeah, one more. We got Corey in New Jersey. All right, Corey, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny, love the show. Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge Broncos fan, but if John Elway doesn't get the quarterback position right this year, I think he needs to be fired. Enough is enough. Well, they've sort of kicked him upstairs already. Who do you want? What, what does getting the quarterback position right mean to you? Well, I mean, if they can't get the big splash and get the Sean Watson, I mean, they got to get it right in the draft. I mean, because other than Peyton Manning, this team has made nothing but terrible decisions at the quarterback position. So something's got to give. It's true. It's been a disaster. I mean, just a disaster. Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler and everything else that they've done there. I agree with you. Look, I think that they want Deshaun. Every single time you talk about Deshaun, Denver comes up. I, I just talking to different people. I do this every single day on Get Up. I keep hearing Denver. Too many times to just ignore it. I feel like Deshaun to Denver is something that cannot be overlooked. Obviously, if you get him, there's nothing else to talk about. That would be the single best option for any team. In my, at this point, I would take Deshaun over Russell Wilson, if only based on their age. Um, 
but either one obviously would be great. Um, and if not, then yeah, then I, and you're going to draft one of these guys. You're not getting one of the top two. Let's see where you wind up, whether you fall in love with Justin Fields or, you know, Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Let's see if he gets it right. Will Bond in our next hour, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.